0: Betches Media presents.
1: If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club.
0: Gazpacho, Police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches SUP Podcast. Diana sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamares. <laughs> and this is the Betches SUP Podcast, where c Spammy is the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news <laughs> and... <laughs> Politics. Tino has strong opinions today, strong opinions on the federal mass mandate and Tucker Carlson's balls. I hear you, Tino. Yeah,
1: I know. Sorry, he heard about uh, Tucker Carlson's ball tanning and went off.
0: I'm with you. I am with you. We also just did an amazing interview that you're going to hear tomorrow with. Um, Stephen Post, who works for a group called Last Prisoner Project, um, and they are all about freeing everybody, all the nonviolent people that are still in prison for cannabis convictions. You'll hear that tomorrow. But um, Millie and I were chatting uh, beforehand. I posted a little bit about this, but not to be too New York centric again, but a 420 related headline is that in New York City, 30,000 building workers very well might go on strike tomorrow. I feel like people are not talking about this enough
1: yes yes this is definitely one of those things where it's like uh so it's it's uh porters it's people it's like supers uh it's their union uh and it's like the the union of doormen porters superintendents all of that versus the luxury bill like i got just rental property yeah um union or, or association and it's it's so crazy because We've talked about how
0: Rent has hit a record high. I'm sure you've been, you've talked about it on your thing. I last week my rent went up a thousand dollars, which like you know I, I saw that coming. Whatever, but it's just crazy that they're gonna raise my rent a thousand dollars. I actually don't know about my building's situation with it, but whatever. I I don't, I don't care to drag them. They raise my rent a thousand dollars, but it's like you're gonna. This is happening everywhere, and they're saying mm-hmm. that they the reason these these workers might potentially strike is because they can't agree to a contract because now these landlords don't want to. Uh, they want to cut their like I think they want to cut wages. They want to cut paid leave and vacation time. And these workers have just historically not had to contribute to their insurance premiums. It's just part mm-hmm. of how their pay is structured. Uh people that own the apartments in the buildings pay for it. That's you know, it's fucked up. Healthcare is even attached to work anyway, but but it is. So it's just I have absolutely no I mean, I, you know, not that much of a capitalist anyway, but this is really I'm like, I really know they're not raising my rent a thousand dollars to not pay for healthcare
1: yeah they're so that's the thing right they're raising rents all over the city and then they want the the workers they want to pay them less ca- cap their minimums and then want them to pay into their health insurance with they which they have never had while making record
0: amount of profits that basically means cutting their pay like if you're gonna suddenly exactly. start making them pay more yeah but like these buildings they're all across the country you know just, just high rises that are that are full service and like people the people also new yorkers are such such babies like if, if these people strike tomorrow which i absolutely support that they should do what you got to do people are going to melt down well that's <laughs> which what which is I was, good because yeah. hopefully that'll motivate the buildings but i just hope that if this goes down that the tenants blame the management companies for being unreasonable and not the workers for having to strike
1: well yeah because I mean in in my building these these guys manage packages they do security the porters obviously take out all the trash and all of that the trash is going to be bad the trash is going to be bad i fucking i'm constantly bitching at people because these people like people in my building don't even know that chicken wings don't belong in the recycle bin so you're gonna <laughs> tell me now we're gonna be in charge of our oh, own no yeah we're gonna be in charge of our own
0: trash for a week in a week in a week it'll be crazy So less than totally and I'm still trying to figure out like what what constitutes crossing the picket line because like letting things build up puts pressure on the buildings to come to an agreement I was talking to some people who said that they usually they do come to an agreement but we're cutting it pretty close and I think that Some people haven't heard from their buildings yet. And I think it's because those buildings don't really want to like reveal what's going on and are hoping for a last minute solution. But if this doesn't get resolved, your New York City friends are going to be on one tomorrow, (laughs) which is also 420, which has a notoriously important day for delivery
1: yeah well what i was gonna say was they sent out the 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 people in my building sent out a like notice (laughs) really (laughs) they sent out a letter like a month ago over a month ago being like hey just so you know we're negotiating our contract with the building and if Mm -hmm. this doesn't happen by this date y'all none of us are going to be working here like they sent that a month Mm -hmm. and a half ago wow so I'm just like well uh, <sighs> and we, yeah we've started attendance union so it's like we're like how can we support anyway
0: that is very uh, insider baseball in but New it's York like whatever state of mind I <laughs> know jeez It's a rough one. Anyway, so let's (laughs) let's broaden out to the nation, (laughs) shall we? State of the nation. We're going to start with a Trump appointed judge forcing the end of the federal mass mandate. U.S. District District Judge Catherine Kimball Mizell said that the mandate yesterday was unlawful because it exceeded the authority of the CDC. The Biden administration is currently deciding whether to appeal that and whether they wanna ask a court to block the decision in the meantime. They've sort of been a little bit unclear. It had originally only been extended through May 3rd anyway and we weren't sure what they planned to do after that. The Surgeon General was saying, like, we view travel as non-optional for a lot of people so we just think it makes most sense to have people continue to wear masks. There are immunocompromised people and children who are still not vaccinated and the cases are rising. That being said, the grounds on which this judge made this call seem tenuous. It seems like if the Biden administration wanted to choose this battle, it might be set up for success. But I feel like they're kind of in a rough spot because the Biden administration is not. I mean, Biden's polling is trash right now, and I don't think that they want to seem like they're forcing masks back on their face back on our faces, even though this is like actually about the CDC's authority, because in a 59-page opinion, the judge, she was very focused, again, Trump-appointed MAGA mistress, she was very focused on the definitions of clean and sanitation, and seemed to say that because masks themselves do not eliminate virus from respiratory droplets, they don't meet the standards required for the government to mandate this, armchair scientist, I guess. She also compared having people forcibly removed. This is her quote, forcibly removed from their airplane seats, denied board at the bus stops and turned away at the train station doors to being a form of detention and quarantine. Terrible. So she was really terrible. So she was really she was really on one. Like I said, now it just seems to be a matter of if the Biden administration wants to choose this battle and, and die on the sill. I mean, maybe that's a bad turn of speech to use there. I mean, in this moment, if they want to push for the CDC's authority or if they just want to, like, let this one go because this was probably going to happen anyway. I mean, no, I just thought it was so crazy and fucked up that pilots announced that, that this happened mid-flight.
1: It's so crazy, and especially, like, just people who don't want to wear their mask, like, aren't vaccinated. You know what I mean? We've been I know, talking exactly. about this. It's like... And if they're not wanting to wear a mask, like in an airplane, they they're not actively testing themselves and keeping themselves safe. I don't know, so it it's really disappointing. It's really tough because yeah, it's like the the Biden administration has to like choose their battles wisely. But I, yeah, I I don't know. Like, there's some things where I'm like, oh, they definitely should be. Mm-hmm. You know, caught trying or whatever, yeah. but I I I don't have the answer to this because at a certain point it's like we do have to transition or whatever. But at the, like, and it it just also goes back to people get disappointed with the Biden administration or say he's not working fast enough or whatever. But like, this is another. This is another symptom of Trump's presidency. Mm-hmm. It's like these presidencies last so long and they appoint people you know what I mean? Like the, the effects. So it's like Yeah, they leave breadcrumbs. They leave breadcrumbs and it fucks everything
0: up for so long. I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like with this, the people that want to rip their mask off like some of these anti maskers, like it's become we've talked about this, but now I think of it more. Like I am a little bit less worried than the spread of disease than I am about just the chaos this could cause just because anti-maskers have made an identity out of not wearing masks. Yeah. Like, for instance, like, on on Friday, I'm flying to North Carolina for my grandpa's 90th birthday. And now I'm going to have to double mask. And and that's fine, whatever. But... I just know, I'm just like, if somebody fucking says something to me, like, you know, we don't have to do this anymore, right? Like, I'm gonna lose it, Millie. I will lose yeah. it. They will drag me I'm off that plane. On,
1: yeah, I'm flying on Sunday to fucking Florida on Delta. Yeah, And now I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they all,
0: basically every single one. and And, you know, I was talking to Sammy, bless her heart. She was like, I hope this will be a moment where people realize the impact of judicial decisions. And I was like, I don't know. I think these people just think the pandemic ended (laughs) midair. Like, I don't think people realize, like, I think some of the people that were applauding with relief, I don't think they meant, I don't think they were all like anti-masker people who were like, I don't think they realized they were clapping for this like, Trump judge's opinion, I think that they thought they were it was a celebratory moment that we yeah. all collectively decided, which um you know, I didn't really look very closely, nor am I an expert enough to analyze the data. I, I know there are places that there are other countries that no longer require this, but they also are better vaccinated. And it's like every podcast I just realize how aberrant our country is to other ones, and it's like the divisiveness and acrimony and the fact that we've made political fights over vaccines and like people are just going to refuse to mask because they refuse. Like, it's just you're right. The reason that we're scared to be on planes is because these people aren't vaccinated. Amanda, I tell you literally every time I've I've traveled to Colombia,
1: I've traveled to to Mexico. Every time scam, every time I'm so shocked to be somewhere where the masks haven't been politicized. I'm literally you know in the fucking mountains of this like rural part of (laughs) Colombia, and someone's on a donkey with the mask on. Mm -hmm. Like it's only here that we've politicized them so much, and people have made identities, and it's just like we have serious issues in this country we have serious problems there is oppression going on but it has nothing to do with mass but people really have made an identity you're right in 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 in, and and put this fight up and it's and i blame the right you know and and it it just fucking sucks because like they're not the the people that have like made these incendiary comments and all this stuff like they're not seeing the effects of mismanagement and and really it's not like things are much safer than they you know i mean Mm -hmm. cases are up deaths are down hospitalizations are down but it's not like people aren't dying from this every day you know Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i mean i feel like this sort of was going to be a really charged day whenever it came despite what the numbers say and that's just what like that's what really sort of pinches and watching the response is like wow this has really changed our society in a very sinister way. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. let's spend some time discussing a taylor lorenz's article for the washington post drawing attention to the twitter account libs of tiktok this is crazy did you see the response this morning that like now all the far-right people are standing up for this account and like don jr is like tweeting pictures of like taylor lorenz it's crazy
1: uh yeah it it, like (laughs) i think um the the way that i found out about this article was this person's like oh now they're (laughs) (laughs) now they're like hunting me down and blah 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 and it's just like this is basic due diligence of like when you actually write an article you have anyway yeah well yeah why don't you tell people what happened first before i give you
0: uh (laughs) my opinions on it So Taylor Renz, who is like, you know, star tech culture reporter, has bounced, I think she just left from the New York Times, to the Washington Post. So she wrote this article for the Washington Post about libs of TikTok. So this is an anonymous Twitter account, or wanted to be anonymous, with almost 700,000 followers as of this morning. What it does basically is that it surfaces out of context TikTok videos on LGBTQ issues, usually with LGBTQ people, and frames them in a really sinister way and connects them to these themes of like pedophilia and grooming that we've been hearing about. I'm sure... A lot of you have wonders that I have, like, where did this come from? And it seems like if it did not originate with libs of TikTok, they are really they're serving as a content pipeline for far right news figures on Fox News and Newsmax. Taylor Lorenz writes, quote, the account has emerged as a powerful force on the Internet, shaping right wing media, impacting anti LGBTQ plus legislation and influencing millions by posting viral videos aimed at eliciting inciting outrage among the right. So one expert, she quotes, refers to this account as a wire service for these extreme outlets, which is very scary. That's like when everybody just publishes the same AP thing with, you know, and and everyone's just taking it and publishing it. The account is anonymous, but the woman who said she runs it previously had appeared faceless on Tucker Carlson. But the person behind the account is apparently a real estate estate agent in Brooklyn named Kaya Reichick, who has posted anti-science, far-right talking points on COVID since 2020. She has had like a couple accounts that seem like plays on her own name, uh, just like spewing QAnon stuff. She also appeared to live tweet the insurrection from one of Mm -hmm. those. Um, She's been, you know, evolving, evolving her brand. She changed her content strategy at one point, pretending to tweet as a houseplant from Joe Biden's office, which is kind of a funny premise. But it sounds like it flopped.
1: Yeah, it did flop because it's not saying anything real. Like if I'm like, why not a houseplant from Harvey Weinstein's?
0: Right. Well, you're just (laughs) parroting. It's like, oh, Sleepy Joe. It's like you don't got to be a houseplant to say that. I know, just say it. And it's also, it's a flop. It's a fucking flop. So she returned to the far right rage machine and she started Libs of TikTok. Again, it's called Libs of TikTok, but it's a Twitter account because, you know, these these guys, these old farts are not on TikTok. This got its big break when none other than Joe Rogan started Mm -hmm. hyping it up On his podcast Again She has been anonymous But reporters were able To figure out who she was Pretty plainly Through information She shared When registering The libs of TikTok Domain Now since this article Was published She has Um Really Uh positioned herself as a victim of doxing. And they've, they've really tried to turn that around on the author who has been harassed quite a bit, doxed. And now this morning you have like Don Jr. tweeting Taylor Lorenz's picture and like calling her calling her a hypocrite, really just feeding into to the storylines they love to tell themselves. But this is pretty scary because she and Libs of TikTok are basically in lockstep with state lawmakers passing anti-LGBTQ laws. It's almost as if she's like a communications firm Mm -hmm. She's like consulting them via her TikTok and then also Mm -hmm. serving as their publicist by, you know, blasting out these videos that, that prove their point. So this was, I mean, Taylor Lorenz is fearless in in approaching these topics and it's just such a, it's such a complex, but terrifying way that our media functions these days. And I'm not, I mean, I'm sure there are similar examples of like out of context, things being shared um, of Republicans, but certainly not to this degree. And, uh, not about not calling all teachers pedophiles
1: yeah i think the thing is that she'll take things out of context and be like i think uh, which it just sucks because the internet democratizes a lot of conversations and it makes it accessible for a lot of people and that has good effects and bad effects and the you know the good effects is like we can talk with more nuance about different issues but then the bad effects is like that oppressive terrible people get to co opt language that is used to provide nuance to you know rape culture and to to different things like they've now co-opted groomers and instead of it being someone in your fan like in your community that has like you know groomed you and like made you comfortable with their inappropriate advances and stuff it's it's um it's a queer sex ed teacher talking about sex Mm -hmm. you know in a class that's about sex ed you know it's Mm -hmm. like oh they're grooming kids and it's like that's not even what this is they're just teaching kids how to put condoms on which we should be fucking we should be so fucking lucky the republicans are trying to ban abortion yeah you're trying to outlaw abortion for your teen daughter so yeah so then now now somebody talking about how to put a condom on is grooming like shut up and another thing too is just you know this person you know shia i'm gonna keep saying her name Mm -hmm. is like she wants to you know dox people she she she's putting these people out of context into the spotlight making them
0: talking points Yeah, these are videos of people in their at their jobs doing their jobs
1: Or just like talking, doing explainers on TikTok, Mm -hmm. whatever, to their little small audience. They're scouring the internet and publishing them. And now they're on Fox News where all these crazy bigots can see it. And it's just like... But then they, they want to, like, operate with some anonymity. They don't want anyone to know who they are. They, they don't want anyone... Again, like, the reason why I, 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 like, first saw it was, like, this person was like, oh, now they're trying to hunt me down when, when like, mm-hmm. WAPO was trying to do a fact check on, like, hey, just to confirm these accounts belong to you, right? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this witch hunt. And it's like, no, that's what's called fact checking. And you put yourself in this position where you've, like
0: have done it to so many other people and now that people are looking into you had they not done that they would have said oh you didn't fact check this or even ask for my comment it's like like you said this is just how investigative journalism investigative journalism works and her name was attached to the ip address that anybody could find and the the vitriol that the people that are trying to defend her have like aimed towards other women in the past they just like don't have any like to stand on but it's just like It's like Russian dolls of like toxic fake information because Fox News already doesn't care about lying or facts. And now they are sourcing their content from a Twitter account that is intentionally misframing the facts. And she's getting that content from TikTok, which is very hard to contextualize and has very little moderation. And the amount of people that watch Fox News, sometimes people, uh, whenever I post Tucker Carlson saying something dangerous on Sup, we always get a couple comments like why are you giving this more oxygen people wouldn't know about this otherwise and it's like y'all people know like we need yeah. to know what what people are being fed so that we can just try to correct it like i am not nobody that nobody is going to find this that appreciates it because we that's it's like we are not part of the problem we need to know what we're dealing with and this is what we're dealing with is them like cherry picking out of context tiktoks and then showing it to millions and millions of people every night like there's no journalism in this whatsoever i mean that's why they're so shocked by having yeah. a fact checker
1: <laughs> because if they every time they let's say they want to go on lives of TikTok and use that as a source mm-hmm. if they went to then reached out to the person being highlighted in the thing and asked them like to provide context or whatever like it wouldn't be as incendiary mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as angering because then they would be provided nuance and stuff where like but that's too hard right it's easier to get people riled up and to get this whatever and to activate you know they're activating the this
0: it's really sad it's really scary since february this account has sort of grown and been able to get sympathy by saying they're gonna ban me any day now and it's like homegirl you're right there you're fine you have 700,000 followers like this you're part of the problem so yeah. certainly not the time for Elon Musk to take over Twitter and regulate it even less
1: it's also like go on gab or something like you don't have to be on these platforms but if you have to be on these if you want to be on these platforms you have to have some respect and you can't be fucking hateful for you know what i mean to to to, to communities for no reason so i think like the Elon Musk thing really angers me because He stood up against like, you know, this is very inside baseball with comedy, but there's this one satirical uh, publication called Babylon Babylon Bee. Yeah. They always have the same, their jokes, like it's like the onion, but bad yeah like because it's like you know at first it started off as like a s- satire of different like christian culture like when your pastor says this or youth pastor stuff and it was actually really funny and specific and then they got this new editor-in-chief and then it's just like now it's just fucking like the yeah, same it's joke it's the same like woman identifies as a toaster or yeah. something like every <laughs> but like they have that same joke over and over again to the point where like there's all these collages about it elon musk thinks they're so funny he thinks it's like the funniest thing and what they did was there was some activist who won like the nobel peace prize or something like that and uh who's trans and they're like uh blah 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 becomes the first man to win the nobel or something like that Mm -hmm. and um twitter flagged that comment and was like hey your account suspended we warned you a bunch of times for this transphobic stuff your account suspended until you delete this tweet and then what they did they doubled down they're like we're not deleting this tweet Uh, we stand for like this is a freedom of speech blah 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 Elon Musk took that and was like this is ridiculous you're censoring and it's just like you can have the account back if you delete this tweet they're like no and now they're like they died on that hill and that's what that's To me, that's what got Elon Musk to invest in Twitter, was, Mm -hmm. like, that all happened around the same time as when he announced that, and it's just, like,
0: he just wants freedom to say transphobic things, like... I guess, and, like, not for nothing, but I said this yesterday, I don't know if this is reaching too much, but Elon Musk also got mad at one of the people rescuing the Thai kids stuck in the cave. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Because the guy was, like, Elon Musk sent some fucking submarine, and... It just was not gonna, it was like too big or something and, and the diver was just like, it's a PR stunt Like we can't really use this Yeah. And uh, then Elon Musk referred to him as a pedo guy And it's yeah. like, why are these people just reaching for I don't know, if the, the the urge to refer to people as pedophiles Who try to have help children on a massive platform Is just such a bizarre <laughs> instinct Like how did we get here in the culture Where it's like we say, it's like they are running out they are running out of things so now they have to invent invent these fake narratives
1: and you know one if you see like a five minute youtube thing about the the thai rescue thing it's like basically it was a very narrow thing that like they had to pull one kid out of time like it was a they very, had to drug the kids t- it was so terrifying yeah it was like a very difficult thing like if if he did his research at at all he would know that and then another thing is like listen pedophilia is bad like all these things are bad these are actual issues like rape and molestation is like an actual thing and it's like but it usually comes from people in your community it usually comes from trusted adults like it's it's disrespectful to so many victims and so many people when we just like are throwing out oh he's a pedophile oh this oh that like and we're not Mm -hmm. actually critiquing these culture that's the you know that's the thing of like everyone likes to pretend that there's some big boogeyman that's like oh someone's like wayfair cabinets and all this like big (laughs) conspiracy and all this shit and like oh this guy's a pedal and like watch your children (laughs) learning about condoms and it's like If we really want to have these conversations, the conversations need to start with like, how are we trusting? Like, are we forcing our young girls to give people hugs? Like, like mm-hmm. let's talk about that. You know, like let's actually talk. But no, it's always like these dumb like boogeyman kind of shit, and, and it's disrespectful to victims and it's not actually a thing. And again, it's they're just making up shit to to be mad about. And
0: yeah, and with how many with i mean it's so tragic how many women how many people are victims of incest and victims of have been victimized by a pedophile that i can't i'm shocked that this has been tolerated so much at this point but it just i guess tells you how toxic their discourse is at this point
1: yeah because exactly like Let's have the conversation mm-hmm. If we're going to have the conversation But we're not So, mm-hmm. you know, then it's like Then why are we doing this, you know yeah, It's just to uh and sender you these guys don't care about rape culture or about you know this and that like you don't think it starts with telling girls to stop
0: wearing tank tops at school you know how much of this happens at church and like youth groups and obviously we don't need to get started on the catholic church like this look yeah. within look within gentlemen look within
1: yeah so you know th- that's the thing that bothers me about these guys is like they don't care about any of this shit. They just want to be incendiary for no reason. They're not looking to change anything about how culture exists, you know? And the right just uses that shit to activate- yeah, this account
0: is in direct co- communication with Ron DeSantis's, like, press secretary. They're like besties. And yeah. like, we'll talk about this later this week, but Ron DeSantis is literally trying to be like a fascist in Florida and eliminate like majority black districts, it's crazy. Like when we talk about this, I'm always like, how do people tolerate this? And it's because the, the electoral structure is so fucked up that like they don't have to win that much. They really don't have to win that much. They just have to scare enough people.
1: They have to scare enough people, disenfranchise enough people and like, you know, keep people, keep people of color, in such fucked up positions there's like no like barely any social mobility in florida like there's you know it's so difficult to get out of poverty like they keep enough people like that Mm -hmm. they're you know they're not gonna (laughs) like it's like Mm -hmm. solving two things like they're gonna keep winning and they're and then people are gonna keep thinking that voting doesn't matter that's what they want. They want they people want, to think that way. They want people to feel that so it that doesn't matter. And like they're throwing out entire like polling locations
0: shit like nowhere uh, to It's vote. crazy. Nowhere to get an abortion.
1: Anyway, the full an article, abortion.
0: check it out, Washington Post. I think it's called Libs of TikTok, but just Google Libs of TikTok. There's been enough uh, aggregations that you will you will get the gist. It is mind-blowing. That is our show today until the end of Democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches SUP Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com.
1: Betches.